Welcome to The Truth About Taxes and Retirement. This podcast is brought to you by SavingYouTaxes.com and hosted by Jay Barry Watts. As an advanced tax strategist and enrolled agent federally licensed by the IRS, Barry is uniquely qualified to go deeper into the Internal Revenue Code than most accountants. He understands and interprets its provisions explaining how they'll help you reduce income taxes you owe so you can direct that previously wasted tax money into tax-free accounts that you can enjoy in your retirement years. Now, on today's episode. Would you like to sell your business and pay zero in capital gains taxes when you do? If so, you are in for a real treat today as our expert tax strategist, Jay Barry Watts, unpacks the Internal Revenue Code and shows precisely how you can do this. Our topic is selling your business and paying zero taxes on today's edition of The Truth About Taxes and Retirement. Wow, Patricia, you made that sound so exciting that we're going to get to actually (laughs) listen to Unpacking the Internal Revenue Code. I'm sure our audience can hardly wait to listen to the Internal Revenue Code being unpacked. There would be a lot of suitcases. By the way, my name is uh, Barry Watts, and welcome to the show. I am the host, and I'm alongside today our producer, Patrice Sakora. She's the expert in all things radio. I'm a tax strategist and the founder of Wealthcare Corporation and its sister company, American Tax Strategies, found on the web at savingyoutaxes.com. And there, all we do is to help business owners and retirees reduce the amount of money they pay to Uncle Sam. Patrice, do you know the difference between our company and a traditional CPA or accounting firm? I would guess strategy, because you basically plan, you look forward, whereas CPAs, and you've often said this, they simply use old numbers and fill in lines. Well, yeah, that's kind of it. It's the difference between the rearview mirror and the front windshield. And in fact, I had a, a, a client I was on the phone with just this morning from Arizona who was telling me she used a line and I wondered whether she'd gotten a line from the podcast because she'd heard it in the past or whether this was just how she thought. But she was telling me about a relationship with her tax preparer CPA person. And she said, yeah, pretty much all we do is look in the rearview mirror. And that is what tax preparers do is they look in the rearview mirror, whereas a tax strategist looks out the front window. For the red lights and the green lights. There there you go. Yeah, you've learned. My goodness, all the time we've spent together has helped you. So most firms are focused on figuring out how much tax you owe, and that is called tax compliance. We want you to comply with the tax laws. Our firm is totally focused on how to pay less tax by using tax strategy. Now, many people think that if paying less taxes were possible, well, their CPA or tax preparer would have already told them. But that simply isn't true. In fact, often people complain that their tax preparer doesn't offer them tax saving strategies. And honestly, that's like asking the chef at your favorite restaurant how to grow fruits and vegetables. He's a chef, not a gardener. And while food grows and while chefs cook food, You wouldn't expect expertise in the kitchen to translate into a green thumb in the garden. And similarly, being an expert accountant, recording financial histories, balancing columns of numbers, and making sure that they are all filled into the government forms properly, that's a totally different discipline than knowing the rules of the tax code and using those rules to your personal advantage. And that is what we help people do. But Barry, how how are you able to do this? Big how. Well, you already know the answer because you kind of gave it up just a moment ago when you said red lights and green lights. It's Christmas. (laughs) 
I didn't the realize you were going there. The Internal Revenue Code is 70,000 pages of red lights and green lights. And the red lights say, stop here and pay a tax. And the green lights say, oh, go on. You don't have to pay that tax. And most CPAs and tax return preparers are experts on red lights where you have to pay the tax. Frankly, that's what you pay them for is don't let me miss any of the red lights and get in trouble with the IRS. But they generally aren't so educated on the fact that the green lights exist and the green lights cancel out the red lights. And that's where we come in. We search the tax code for green lights, and then we look for clients who fit the green lights, and bingo, we introduce them to tax savings that they did not know existed. By the way, Patrice, do you know the difference between tax avoidance and tax evasion? Hmm. A plea deal and about 20 years. Yeah, about 20 years. Yeah, that's exactly right. So what we do in our business is legal tax avoidance based on the black letter of the tax code. Now, it would be funny if it weren't such a shame that sometimes CPAs will say to our clients, because they're always testing to see whether or not they got the right stuff from us. Right. CPL say, well, yes, you can do that. It's in the code, but it might raise a red flag. Wait, stop. <laughs> Since when did following the letter of the law raise a red flag? It doesn't. And anyone who uses the red flag argument, in my opinion, is simply showing that they don't know, they don't want to learn, and it's simply easier for them if you'll pay more taxes than it is for them to go back to school, develop the knowledge, and provide you guidance that will reduce the income taxes you pay. And that is our specialty at the Wealthcare Corporation and at savingyoutaxes.com. So today, we're going to talk about a section of the Internal Revenue Code. We're going to unpack the code, Section 1202 which was enabled by a 2015 act of Congress signed into law by Barry Obama, which deals with small business stock gains exclusion. Let's all say it together. Uh, yeah, guys. yeah, yeah. Small, small business, business stock, stock gains exclusion. Now, exclusion means they are cut out. Gains, well, that's the capital gain that you pay when you sell a business or a business asset. So this is the small business stock gains exclusion, how to exclude or cut out the gains from taxes when you sell your stock in a small business. Why don't they say so that then? Why don't they just say that? Well, because they went to law school and you've got to prove that you're smarter than everybody else in the way you name this stuff. <sighs> so you'll recall, Patrice, a couple of podcasts back. Don't hold me to it. I think it was podcast. Maybe it was number 39. I'm not sure. Anyway, it was the title of it was Saving Taxes by Converting Your LLC or S-Corp into a C-Corp. Right. You can find it if you'll go to savingyourtaxes.com and click on the resources podcast button and look for that particular title. The title, again, is Saving Taxes by Converting Your LLC or S-Corp into a C-Corp. And in that podcast, I taught you some benefits of using a C-Corp instead of an S-Corp or an LLC. And the first benefit was that the legal liability that you experience is reduced because you are an investor in the company instead of just the owner of the company. Now, effectively, it's the same thing, but lawyers make careers out of parsing these things. You're an investor in the company. And that's no different than if you own stock in Microsoft or own stock in Apple. You're a, a stockholder in your C-Corp. Uh, so if somebody's computer or phone blows up, 
Well, uh, they're not going to come after you just because you own stock in Microsoft or Apple. And the same is true with a C-Corp in which you're an investor. So the first benefit of the C-Corp is your legal liability is reduced. Now, the second one that's kind of neat is you become an employee of the C-Corp. And what that means is all of your FICA, F-I-C-A, that's your social security withholdings, all of your social security withholdings are tax deductible. You see, when you're in an LLC, the amount that you pay to social security is not tax deductible. But when you're inside of a C-Corp, everything that you pay for social security and any other kind of employee benefits are tax deductible. And so that means that you're not paying tax on it and then paying those bills with money that's already had the tax taken out of it. So that's an extremely important value. Now, the third and significant, I think perhaps most significant for many people, is that inside of a C-Corp, the maximum tax that you'll pay under current tax law is 21%. Right now, you could be paying as much as 37% in federal tax in an S-Corp or in an LLC. But on money that you leave inside your C-Corp and you don't spend personally, but you leave it in there to pay the taxes, I'm sorry, to pay the expenses for the company next year, you're only going to have to pay a tax of 21% on that money instead of paying a 37% tax on it and then turning around and plowing that money back into your company after you've paid that 37% tax. So if you got to pay a tax, it's better to pay 21% than 37%. Now, some people argue that C-Corps, well, they're a bad idea because they're subject to double taxation. Well, that can be true that you could be taxed once at the corporate level and then taxed again at the dividend level when it gets paid out. But if you'll take money out of your C-Corp, your privately held C-Corp, if you'll take that money out as a bonus, guess what? You won't pay tax at the corporate level because the bonus is a deductible expense to the corporation. So the money's only taxed once, taxed to you individually and not the corporation. Now, those are the benefits really of a C-Corp. I'm going, uh, there, there are more, but those are the big ones that, that we've talked about previously. Uh-huh. I'm going to today add a new benefit to the discussion. This benefit is found in section 1202 of the Internal Revenue Code. So you could Google that up if you wanted, Internal Revenue Code section 1202. And it has to do uh, with the eligible gains in a business when you sell that business. So here's what section 1202 says. It says that all eligible gains subject to a limit, we'll talk about that in just a second, are excluded. All eligible gains are excluded on any small business stock issued after September 27, 2010, so long as you've held it for more than five years. And so what this means is if you're married, you can sell a business and exclude the first $10 million in gains, $5 million if you're single, and just pay no tax on the profit when you sold that company. That's amazing. Of course, it really, it really is amazing. And people don't have any idea that this is possible. And most of them can't do it because they've been organized as an LLC or they've been organized just as an S corp. They haven't been a full C corp. And, and so they can't do it. And this benefit is for the C corp. Now, of course, Patrice, as they say, the devil is in the details. So you got to watch out for the details. The first of all is when did you purchase the company mm-hmm. stock? Well, it has to be issued to you after September of 2010. And I'll bet most of our listeners will have done that since 2010, which is a critical date. So that probably takes care of it. Secondly, uh, well, I should say, 
If you uh, got into your company before 10, 2010, then there are another set of numbers that apply. Instead of 100% of your eligible gains, for some people, it would be 75%. For some people, it would be 50%. But it goes back a long way, all the way back into the 90s, that this kind of strategy can be beneficial and useful to you. Second thing is you have to have held this asset for five years. So it's got to be something that you've been in for a while. And thirdly, it's got to qualify as a small business, which for purposes of this section of the code means that at no time can the gross value of the business have exceeded $50 million. So Elon Musk is out of luck. I'm sorry, Mr. Musk. I know you're a fan of the podcast. Bill Gates and Mark Cuban. Sorry, guys. You're out of luck as well. Michael Dell, even my old neighbor in Columbia, Missouri, the owner of the LA Rams, Stan Kroenke, he's out of luck as well. But I'm guessing that 99% of the folks who listen to our podcast, besides those four or five guys, might have a company that is worth less than $50 million, and they are in luck. And they are probably happy, happy. Yeah, they're happy because of the news we're bringing. Yes. They're in luck. Maybe they're in luck. You see, there's some other Oh, is this a red flag? Is this a red flag? Well, no, it's not a red flag. It's just an exception. So, you know, <laughs> I don't get to run the government, but it'd be a better country if I did. <laughs> Let me just say that. <laughs> All right, are we clear on that? We are clear. So when they developed Section 1202, they excluded some industries. Now, why would you do this? I don't know. They excluded hotels and restaurants and financial institutions and real estate firms and farms and mining companies and businesses related to law and engineering and architecture. None of those can use Section 1202. Now, Patrice, you reacted to farms and thought that was a little odd. Oh, let me help you. I can tell you why. I can tell you why. Where's most of the asset in the farm? The land. That's right. The land. Real estate. And. And so there are farmers. I have a friend. I just had lunch with him. In fact, a week ago, well, it's been eight, nine days ago. Uh, I've got a friend who farms over 5,000 acres of Missouri River bottom land. In fact, we joked about uh, when we were having lunch about them appearing on the podcast. And he said something. And I said, oh, that quote quip will probably find its way on the podcast. And of course, I didn't write it down. I can't remember the quip, but it was really funny. <laughs> so my, my buddy, Tom, Tom Waters up in Oric, Missouri, right outside of Kansas City. It farms about 5,000 acres. And I don't know what the value of 5,000 acres of river bottom farmland right outside of Kansas City, Missouri is, but it's a big number, mm-hmm. a really, really, really big number. And and by the way, in the grand scheme of big farms and big numbers, it's just an also ran because there will be people who are farming 50,000 acres instead. And, and so the government says, we don't want those people to be able to sell all their land and not pay any tax on it. So that is why farms happen to be excluded, in my opinion, from this particular section of the tax code. And so if you're in hotels, restaurants, financial institutions, real estate firms, farms, mining companies, businesses related to law, engineering, or architecture, those are excluded. But Patrice, you remember, we talked a couple of times back about Bob's bait and tackle. Oh, dear Bob, I know. Yeah, I know. Oh, Bob, he's going to be in good shape. He can sell his bait and tackle business for up to $10 million and he'll be okay. Yeah, and be Sally's married. transmission. Got to be married. Well, he's married to Sally. Oh, because, gotcha. Yeah, see, Sally's transmission repair company. Sally could sell her transmission repair company, or Vicky could sell her veterinary practice, or Doug could sell his dentistry practice, or Hank's heating, ventilation, and air conditioning, or Pete's plumbing. They could all sell their business, and assuming they're married, they could sell their business for up to $10 million in gain, 
and not pay any tax on it. So let me give you an example. I recently had a guy come to see me from the marine industry, works around the water. And he'd sold the company for a couple of million dollars and was going to have to pay capital gains taxes on 20% of $2 million. That's about $400,000 in taxes because he had sold an LLC instead of selling a C-Corp. He had a CPA, a guy I knew who used to be my CPA, mm. but the CPA hadn't ever told him about Section 1202 and hadn't prepared him to sell his business. You see, what was happening is the CPA was just doing the tax returns and he wasn't meeting with his clients and talking about now you're beginning to get a little gray hair. What do you think the future holds? When do you think you're going to sell your business? We ought to be talking about these things at least five years out and positioning for sale. In fact, I've got a book on my credenza called Built to Sell. I haven't got it read yet, but it's called Built to Sell. And this morning, my wife in her pajamas walked into my study where I'm sitting at my desk, firing off those early morning emails. And she looks at this book on my credenza and she said, do you like to read that kind of stuff? I'm like, well, yeah, baby, I like to read that. I said, that's what I do for a living. You know, we help people build things and then sell them and avoid the taxes on them. And hopefully we're building a business someday we'll sell and avoid the taxes on. So, yeah, I really like it. She said, oh, well, I just wondered because I don't like it to read that kind of stuff. Don't have any interest in it. Well, I get it. And even if you're a business owner, let's say her name is Kelly. What could Kelly on? Because we were on uh, uh, Vicky had a veterinary practice and Sally had a transmission. Uh, Kelly has a cupcake shop. Kelly's cupcake shop. There it is. It's a C and a K, but that's yeah, that kind of works. So, so Kelly could sell her cupcake shop um, and be fine. But she says, I'm not interested in learning about those things. You don't have to be interested in it. But you have to be working with somebody who's interested in it, who knows the rules, who'll teach you the rules, and who'll bring these things to the table for you. So let me give you a real-life breakdown of a, a real case for a lady we'll call Melanie. How about Mel for short? Nice. In 2014, Mel formed a C-Corp, and she funded it with $100,000 of her own money. Now, by 2021, Mel had developed an awesome technology, and she decided it was time to sell and move on to whatever was next. So she found a buyer willing to buy her C-Corp for $5 million. She had originally invested $100,000, so now she has a $4.9 million capital gain. Mm. But because her company is a C-Corp, meeting the definition of the qualified small business as the IRS defines that, Mel got to exclude that gain from any taxes. And so here's the math. $4.9 million times 20% that she didn't have to pay, but would have had to pay if she had been an LLC or an S-Corp is $980,000 that she kept in her pocket. Now, here's my question. If you're Melanie, what could you do with an extra $980,000? Anything I wanted. Yeah, they could do a lot. She could start a but new business. She could start a new business if you wanted to right there. Yeah, she could take the other money, the other $4 million bucks, and put it in her sock drawer. Do, do you keep money in your sock drawer? You know, that's kind of how I learned to do no. it as a kid growing no. up on the farm. Nothing in your sock drawer. Okay. Put it under your mattress. How about that? That wouldn't be a very good place to put it because it's losing right now 7 to 10% a year right. on just inflation alone. I'm getting off topic, aren't I? Okay. She could have taken the $4 million and done anything else she wanted to do with it and just took the $980,000 that she saved in taxes and reinvested that in a business. Now, here's the deal, Patrice. Uh, perhaps our listener doesn't have a, a business worth $5 million. Maybe their business is only worth 
two and a half million dollars or even a million dollars. It doesn't matter. Whether you save $200,000 in tax or $980,000 in tax, it's still big money. And you should keep it in your pocket because the Internal Revenue Code says you can. So here's what I want to suggest to you. Go ahead. I was just going to say no red flags there. You can do it. No, it's it's in black ink on white paper inside the Internal Revenue Code. This isn't even, we don't even have a flagpole, let alone a flag. (laughs) There's nothing here. Here's what I want to suggest to you. If you're about to sell your business or you think you're going to want to sell your business in the next few years, well, give us a call. Let's talk about the things that you can do to begin protecting yourself from that eventual tax and how to turn that money into income for you and your spouse for the rest of your life and about how to structure a legacy for your family and your community that We'll have your grandchildren calling you blessed 30 and 50 and maybe even 100 years from now. That's what we do at the Wealthcare Corporation. The easiest way to reach us is through American Tax Strategies, LLC, by going to www.savingyoutaxes.com. And there you'll find all the confirmation, contact information, I should say, that you need to connect with us and get started on your way to a less taxing lifestyle. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Less taxing lifestyle. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, we try to be cute because this is kind of a boring topic. You know, I've got a file. with not, This is not so boring. If you have a small business, this is not boring at all. Well, no, it's getting somebody's attention. It may only be one guy driving out across the desert somewhere, but the one guy is excited now and he's pounding the steering wheel saying, oh my goodness, why hasn't my accountant told me about this? That's right. Call me. Go to savingyoutaxes.com. Dig out the phone number or just fill out the contact form. Reach out to us. We'll connect. We'll talk about what's possible for you. And while you're there, go ahead and uh, click subscribe to the podcast. And if you think that a friend would find this topic interesting, well, be sure and share this episode with them and uh, share it to your social media pages as well. Until the next time, I'm tax strategist Barry Watts here on The Truth About Taxes and Retirement. Reminding you that when it comes to money and investing, if you don't get the taxes right, nothing else matters. This podcast is a production of the Wealth Care Corporation. The concepts discussed are for informational and educational purposes only and should not be implemented without first consulting with your own legal, tax, and investment counsel. This has not been an offer to buy, sell, or invest in securities, and this information is to be taken as educational concepts and not as advice for you specifically. The lawyers like us to remind you that all investment involves risk, and you could lose money. Past performance is never a guarantee of future results. Tax strategy services are provided by American Tax Strategies, LLC. Investment advisory services are provided by Wealthcare Asset Management, LLC. Thank you for listening to The Truth About Taxes and Retirement Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of SavingYouTaxes.com. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional tax and investment advice. Always seek the advice of your own qualified advisor with any questions you may have regarding taxes and investing.